Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guests today are Dr. Rob Archuleta, Chief Innovation Officer for Crossroads Turning Points, and Alice Kramer, the Clinical Supervisor for El Paso County Services. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thank you for having us. Good. Good. Wonderful. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here. I really appreciate it. Uh, today, we'll be talking about some of the programs associated with Crossroads Turning Points and how they're putting American Rescue Plan Act grant funds to good use in the community. Uh, but first, if you're interested in more stories about ARPA funding throughout El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into it. I'm wondering if you guys can start by giving us a bit of background about Crossroads Turning Points. Uh, how long have you guys been here in the El Paso County region, and what is your main mission as an organization? Well, as an organization, we've been around for over 40 years. <clears throat> We're the biggest SUD substance use disorder provider um, in Southern Colorado, probably Colorado now, because we sp specifically specialize in substance use disorder, so addictions. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, in, in El Paso County, we're new because we have what is called the Withdrawal Management Program. Okay. And so it's WMS, Withdrawal Management Services, but it started off as detox in the jail. And since then, Alice, you guys took over when? We um, opened here in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, we had moved to Maxwell, so we're, we're right down the street from the jail now. Okay. So we kind of, you know, the community needed it. The jail didn't want it anymore. It sounded like they kind of were ready to pass it on. We mm -hmm. bid for it, and then we ended up with it. So we've been here since 2018, but we've been serving El Paso County because we're the hub for Colorado for residential outpatient treatment. So we've been serving El Paso County for over 40 years. Oh, very good. Uh, so approximately how many people do you guys serve right now and what communities do you serve? So we're in over 22 different um, counties. So we're from all the way to Alamosa to Lamar here in El Paso, Pueblo. So all of these surrounding areas. And so just we are such a unique organization because we do the full continuum of services. We do intervention and withdrawal management. Um, we do, well, actually, let me start over. We do prevention in the, in the middle schools and high schools. Okay. We do intervention um, in our withdrawal management. Then we do treatment. And then at the end, we do outpatient treatment and we do recovery residence, which is formerly known as sober living. In El Paso County here at Detox um, Withdrawal Management, we see approximately 170 uh, patients a month. Oh, okay. And so... We're still breaking records and get seeing increased numbers. And as you as those numbers go up, as you continue to see more service for the population, are you looking at expanding even more? Like, what, what does that look like for you guys? So we would love to expand. We would love to do a residential treatment because we know there's a need here. Like Alice said, we're seeing, I mean, last month, I think 175 patients coming into our program. And that's just withdrawal management. We do do outpatient here, mm -hmm. but it would be nice to have a residential treatment program in El Paso County. And what does a residential treatment program look like for those who may not know? Typically with residential treatment, um, somebody will come in. And so residential is exactly like it sounds, is they're going to stay there. Um, in our specific women's programs, we have an amazing women's program where 
Pregnant women can come in. Women can bring their children with them to treatment up to age five from anything from methamphetamine to alcohol. Even now we're seeing fentanyl and heroin. And the same thing with the men, the men's program. So people will come in. They'll live there for, it used to be back in the day, you would say 30, 60, 90 days. But now it's client-driven and patient-driven. So we'll do an assessment, whatever that assessment um, determines, that'll be the initial stay. And then as they progress forward, we'll keep reassessing to see how much longer they need to be there. Um, Sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. A typical day, they're basically um, attending group sessions all day long. So different evidence-based counseling sessions. Some are life skills, some are trauma-based, and just what they need as far as giving up substances. Uh, that's great. So can you talk to me about how important it is for you guys for Crossroads Turning Points to be viewed as a pillar within the community? So that's an interesting question. We had a rough start here. Mm-hmm. So we took over and just, you know, anytime you're taking over something that was established and then you're coming in as our organization had different roles, we had, you know, different policies, mm-hmm. we're a treatment provider. So we came in with a whole different mentality, but We actually attend, um, Alice attends the detox um, check-in meetings, and now it's turned into more of a behavioral health meeting. And it initially started as a means of us to troubleshoot what was going on between the hospitals, between uh, emergency services, between the police, and withdrawal management services. Because it's tricky. We have people that need withdrawal management. We have people who are intoxicated but might need incarceration, but they can't be incarcerated till they withdraw. Mm -hmm. We have other people that are in the emergency rooms that should really be in withdrawal management and not in the emergency room. Then we have people that come to withdrawal management that do need the emergency room. So there was a lot of obstacles to overcome when we first started. And so now that detox check-in meeting has just become a reporting meeting on behavioral health services in El Paso County. And so we've went from like having to troubleshoot what we were doing with the community to now it's turned into partnerships and us reporting on the processes, the successes and patient care. So we have 100% um, gone from being the new kid on the block to being somebody that is, I guess we're in the band now. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's helped with collaboration with these other organizations, especially with the hospitals mm-hmm. and taking in people, especially with Um, like the crisis intervention teams here in town and really providing crisis services for withdrawal management. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you got to think like when somebody's intoxicated or high, like to the average person, that's an emergency. Like to a mom comes home and her, and her, her 22 year old son's high, that's an emergency to them. Right. And so they want them to sober up, but they take them to the emergency emergency room because that to them is an emergency. And so it's having to navigate that and inform them like, hey, they would be better at withdrawal management. This is the process. This is, we do the behavioral health and addiction services. And so it's really difficult um, for people with substance use and, and behavioral health issues to understand that there's different providers for that and not the emergency room. So we see that as like one of our main objectives is letting emergency services be emergency services, letting law enforcement be law enforcement officers and the people that are intoxicated or that need to withdraw or safe place to withdraw that they could come here to us. It's, it's funny because in some of the meetings they say like nine 11 was the most successful PR campaign in the world. And now we're trying to say, wait, not everything's nine 11, you right. know, it's nine one one. So, right. 
So just in the short time we've been talking so far, I feel like your organization has to do a good job being nimble and adapting to different situations What the, from the organization as a whole, like you said, when you were taking over, but then also to an individual circumstance and, and how to approach their treatment. Uh, how are you guys able to be so, uh, so good at adapting to these different circumstances? Well, I'll give Alice the props there because <laughs> she trains her staff appropriately. So the staff has to be trained and she could talk a little bit about this, like in verbal judo de-escalation skills, because we found through our years and years and years of being in business that anytime we bring a security guard, sometimes that just causes conflict immediately. So for us, we have um, crisis intervention caseworkers, and the caseworkers have to be trained in addiction. They have to be trained in records keeping. They have to be trained in de-escalation. They have to be trained in monitoring. So um, there's so many, and and I love it because this is where I start. I started my my career in addictions as a withdrawal management caseworker, mm-hmm. and it was called uh, it was just called detox caseworkers back then. And so um, you have to be ready for everything. But I promise you, no matter what I say, I've seen it all. Something will (laughs) always happen that I've never seen. But it really comes down to staff training and passion for the patients and what we do. Do you want to add to that, Alice? Yeah, absolutely. I think all the staff is very good at situational awareness. They have to be um, present and just kind of knowing what's going on with each patient at that specific time. Um, we do follow a timeline a lot of times. So, you know, when somebody comes in for alcohol, there are specific things to look for in a time frame. So we're doing vitals and they're just really looking at signs and symptoms of the patient and moving them along when they're ready. The unfortunate thing about this place is this is never a good experience. Right. You come to Crossroads Withdrawal Management to withdraw off substances. Mm -hmm. So it's never like a thing where you come in and you're looking forward to it, right? So you come in, patients come in, they're angry or they're sick or they're withdrawing or they're starting to, I call it thawing out, realizing like, wow, what happened? Where was I? I can't believe I've been doing this. So sometimes we're working with families. Other times we're working with probation and parole officers. Other times we're letting, um, Uh, we're letting mental health professionals know, hey, this patient's here, but now that they're sober, there's a mental health issue, not a a substance issue. Mm -hmm. So it it really is, um, we really are trying to do the best with somebody that's going through their worst. Yeah. So uh, before we... Before we started recording here, uh, Alice, we were talking a little bit before, and I know you're a good judge of character because you mentioned how you like Hawaiian pizza. Uh, how do you find the right people to fill these roles? This is a diff- this sounds to me like a very difficult role to fill. How do you find those right people for that job? That's a great question. I'm still trying to hone in on that talent. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a lot of it, really, they just have, a, have to have a desire to really help the client. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get them to the next level of care that they're ready for, whether that's inpatient. Some people don't want inpatient. Some people want to try sober living first, and that's fine as well. So I think it it comes from empathy and compassion, basically. All the documentation, taking vitals, all those other skills kind of come later, and we do provide training for that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. definitely takes um, something special within you that you want to just really help people. 
Great. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, so I wanted to get more into the ARPA side of things. So after submitting your grant request to the county, uh, Crossroads Turning Points was awarded $150,000 of that ARPA funding. Uh, can you guys talk to me about what that money has gone to fund here? Yeah, so we have, being withdrawal management, we've kind of just been trying to manage everything, right? We're, we're trying to get them to the next level of care. We're trying to get them into the hospitals. We're trying to maybe possibly get them into outpatient. We're trying to get them into medication-assisted treatment in other uh, facilities that we don't provide that service. So we partner with another entity that comes in and helps us with that. But one thing that we've never had time to do, but we started seeing a need for after COVID hit and just, I mean, COVID rocked the world and it rocked addiction treatment, especially withdrawal management, because we were here, I was driving up working graveyards. We were here working that service because we know the hospitals needed people to withdraw. They needed room in the hospital for COVID. We had COVID um, positive people here that we were having to separate. We're all masked up. One of the things we found is that there was so much need for intensive case management. And so the funding that we have went to funding an intensive case manager here that does everything from helping someone find the next level of care to giving them shoes, socks, clothing, vouchers, resources. Um, you know, she does so much. Even if somebody comes in and they don't have Medicaid, she helps them get on Medicaid. And so we saw this need where, where we realized that People come here to withdraw, but they need so much more. And that funding went into that. And I think Alice has the numbers of how many people we've helped. So since April, we've actually done 443 instances where a DAP note was written when we helped people. Wow. And that includes transportation, even if it's um, helping them make phone calls within the community to connect with other resources. And like Rob said, clothes, shoes, we can give backpacks, we give blankets, we give, um, if people are going out and they need transportation, we're setting up transportation. Mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing is like you, you hear 495, but that's 495 times that our intensive case manager sat down with somebody for an extended period of time, looked at their needs versus their wants and tried to help them with finding the services and giving what we could give. So it's not something that's fast and it's something that she's doing while they're withdrawing. Yeah. So I want to ask this question of both of you that 400, that 400 plus number it, it's big. It's to me, it sounds very big. You're talking about individuals. And like we mentioned earlier, this is a job that it's got to get to you sometimes. Right. But when you see that number, get so high and when you know you're helping that many people what does that do for you knowing that you're helping 400 plus individuals overcome this difficult thing in their life i think for me it's different like because i'm uh the chief innovation officer and i'm part of the executive team so what it does for me is different. Like what it does for me is it makes me proud of my team, mm -hmm. makes me proud of my staff. It makes me proud of Alice. It lets me know that she, we have the right person in the job, um, that she's training them and she's hiring the right people. And that because of the stuff that, because of the services that she's offering, people's lives are either changing or I would even go as far as to be saved mm -hmm. because we give Narcan 
We give, um, you know, overdose reversal medications, get them in medication-assisted treatment. Those are all life-saving things. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I hear that, I know that we're saving lives and changing lives. And so that makes me happy for our team because I'm not here to see it. I'm based out of Pueblo. Mm -hmm. But I see the numbers. I see what Ellis is doing. And then it makes me go, okay, we got it. We're doing the right thing. For Ellis, I think it's a little different. Yeah, I mean, I can see the individual being mm -hmm. helped. And so really kind of sitting down with them, discovering what they need and seeing where we can help them and what resources are available. Um, it has changed people's lives. And so just really seeing somebody going from maybe rock bottom or what is rock bottom to them and getting some resources to help them move to a, a better place just within the time that they're here is, it's, um, it's, it's very rewarding to see that happen mm -hmm. for sure. So one of the things that you guys mentioned a little bit earlier is your collaboration with you know, a hospital and different organizations. I'm wondering if maybe you could go into it a little bit more about how working with other nonprofit organizations in the community it has benefited the programs that you guys are working on. So, so for me, one of the things that when I took over before Alice was here, I came in and I, you know, I started looking at things and, and it seemed like uh, a lot of we were working in a silo, right? Like, and everybody was kind of on there doing their own thing. One of the things that we did is we were like, we're going to leave our logo at the door and we're going to see what's the best thing for the patient. At that time, we collaborated with somebody that was doing medication assisted treatment, bringing them in here, you know, and, and having them assess and work with our patients, you know, once we get releases of information and ask our patients what services are needed. So the collaboration of us with the hospital, us with other places that do services that we don't have here in El Paso County, we've just, we know one thing is that when they're here, they are ready to go to the next level of care, whether that's here in Pueblo, you know, um, Denver, this can be the hub for all of that. So for us, knowing what's out there, working with all the other nonprofits, working with all the other service providers and finding what is the best fit for this patient or where, where is this patient maybe even burned bridges. You know, maybe they've burned bridges here. Maybe they can't go there or get something from here. So we're able to work with, we know enough people in the community now that we're like, okay, you can't go there. What about this one? Oh, you like that one? Or you've had a bad experience or you've had a good experience there. Mm -hmm. So for us, having those strong community partnerships and knowing what our limitations are and knowing the expertise of other people in the community has been essential for the services we provide. And I even think sharing our resources with other people that are looking to help almost the same individuals, you know, um, with the collaboration that we have, we can email each other, hey, you know, I have a client that might need this. Um, what have you heard in the area? And we can kind of point them in that direction. Um, that's been helpful with collaborating with all the other organizations that we run into like daily. Yes, that's great. Thank you very much. And so, um, you know, we've, we've kind of skated around this a little bit. You guys help specific individuals, right? And you can see specific changes in them. I'm wondering if maybe you could share uh, some personal stories of people who have been able to benefit from the services. You know, you don't need to give specific names or anything, but just, you know, I think it's good for listeners to understand, you know, what those stories sound like and what the outcomes are. So like you said, we got to be careful with this because we don't want to give any identifying information. But I will say that there has been several women who have come through the program 
that have been pregnant and the, the state has a program called special connections and the special connections program is for women who are pregnant and that they will get services during pregnancy for addiction and then one year postpartum mm -hmm. and everything's covered. We've had so many people come through the program. They come into withdrawal management, just not knowing what they need or what they want and being able to get them to the next level of care. And Alice, you could kind of talk about what that looks like just in general. So some of them come in without any resources at all. Um, we can literally provide, since they're going to treatment, we can provide clothes, shoes. We provide like multiple sets of clothes so they can have something to wear daily. Mm -hmm. We can provide hygiene. Literally, we give them a backpack with everything that they could use to survive a, a week in treatment. Mm -hmm. And so it just gives them um, a step up where they're not going in there feeling like they don't have anything um, so it can make that whole difference of them feeling like they belong when they get there. And this is where I could see it, right? So I get to see it on paper. Right. Like Alice will say like, hey, we have this person that's coming down and they're pregnant and we want to get them into women's services. I'm copied on those, those uh, communications. And then I get to meet the person when they come down and I get to meet the person and I get to watch them, you know, like as the pregnancy gets closer and as they're progressing forward, um, all the way to several times having the baby, getting the baby, coming back to treatment, working with our family coordinator down in Pueblo to learn how to connect with that baby, mm -hmm. to understand, sometimes it's to understand what a baby needs to eat, what a, when a baby needs to be put down, when is it okay, you know, to not sleep in the same bed as a baby. I've watched um, our, our women's services teach very basic to very complex, um, you know, uh, parenting skills. And so I get to see that like on paper, they come here, you know, homeless, um, addicted to meth, whatever it is. And then I get to meet them when they come down there and watch them as they just totally blossom and change and start to flourish. And it's really, really, I can't even explain like what it, does to you it's it pulls your heartstrings when you just see somebody come in and they're broken and then leave as a proud mother i mean it's just something that you can't explain and you know like we don't follow them out the door right sometimes they go to outpatient sometimes they come into other places but for that moment you know knowing that we did everything we could and that when they left our care they were in a great place and you know had a place to live um, had a support system in place. And so seeing those things like, and, and getting to see that on a personal level, like with so many different, I mean, this isn't like something that happens once or twice. Mm -hmm. This happens pretty, pretty often with Alice referring down to our other program. Just like Rob said, though, in transitional treatment, like right at the end of their inpatient, um, and the pregnant women can stay down there much longer than just like a normal mm -hmm. um inpatient program but in transitional they find a job they can transition into their own into a sober house or even into their own home and really it's creating a life that they can be proud to go back to so and start over you know a lot of people they're not they might not have something to recover from mm. well and yeah so one of the things that um I could tell you, like, speaking of the art of the funding, right, that mm -hmm. we received and getting the ICM position, sometimes people would just come in here and they just wanted to get out, right? They, they're, like, withdrawing, they're sick, they associate this. But because we have that ICM, because our ICM, our intensive case manager, gets to spend time with them and talk to them, we're identifying, like, hey, wait, 
you're saying that you might want this, you might want that. Sometimes when they're not talking to a clinician, they lower their guard and they start talking like very candidly about what they want. Mm -hmm. And that's when we're able to identify and make those um, referrals. Great. And so we've talked about a couple of the programs that go on here at uh, Crossroads Turning Points. Are there any other programs that you guys offer that you feel would be important for listeners to know about? Yeah. So I can tell you we do everything. Like I said, we have the prevention program where we're not dare in the schools. Mm -hmm. We're teaching something called life skills and project towards no drugs. And so what those do is they teach, um, they teach skills like communication. They talk about self-awareness and self-esteem. And so all of those things that could lead to drug addiction. So you're not coming like, this is your brain on drugs, kind of yeah. like old school. <laughs> oh, I remember those. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's not that. And it's not the just say no. It's like, hey, let's build you as a person so that you never get in that where you have to do that. Right. We also have down in Pueblo, we have the Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program which is um, a diversion program. So if somebody um, has a victimless crime, um, but they have, normally they would be arrested because they had possession. Um, and most of the time that's kind of a disturbance in the community, but instead they would come to us for uh, services, case management services, possible other treatments. We do residential men's treatment. We do the women's treatment that we talked about. We do recovery residents, which was so... It was used to be called sober living. Now it's called recovery residence. So we offer that. We also offer medication assisted treatment down in Pueblo and our other areas like Lamar and Alamosa. We also have withdrawal managements like this one. This is the biggest one in Pueblo, Alamosa and Trinidad, Alice. Mm -hmm. And so then um, outpatient services, We, if it's tied into substance use, we provide that service and they could find that information on crossroadstp.org as well as referral websites to all of our programs. Yeah. Oh, very good. And so I was I was going to transition into that as well. If there are people out there who are seeking services, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? I think, so if you go into our website, we kind of, um, you could just go to crossroadstv.org, everything's spelled out on there. And then we even have a thing, uh, like a little tab that's it says how it works. And you could look at that when you go out. Um, we have these logic models kind of everywhere so people could see what it looks like when you come in, where you're at, almost like a map at the mall, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm here, how do I get to there, where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. And so we really try to spell it out and make it easy. And then if not, they could. we have a 1-800 number on our website. I would love to tell you I know that, but I don't. But we have a 1-800 <laughs> number, and they could call, and they could call Alice here. Do you know the number here, Alice? I do. It's 719-203-6550. We do take intakes seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, It's good to call for bed availability just to make sure that we're not slammed. But we do discharges every morning, so we always have people coming in and going out, and we take intakes all the time. So calling that number is the best way to see about availability in withdrawal management in Colorado Springs. Very good. And for people who are listening and they're like, wow, I really like this mission. I like what this organization is doing and they want to get involved. How best can those people get involved? Where do they start? Where do they go? So if they want to work for us, crossroadstv.org, <laughs> right? They could come here. Um, I, I would say this, like anybody that wants to get involved and we do community events. I know we're getting ready to do something for pride. Um, we do, you know, a lot in 
we do uh, put on an art show for teens down in Pueblo. Um, up here, we have participated in resource fairs. So anybody that wanted to get involved, really our website, we drive everybody to the website because you could send an email, those emails go, they're distributed to where they need to go. And if somebody's wanting to start their career here, do internships with us, we are 100% open into building a community-based organization. Great. And then just uh, to wrap things up, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think would be important to add? No, I would just say that um, obviously we're going something and through something in our community and our societies. And, and if Crossroads isn't your cup of tea, one thing that I know for sure is treatment works. Um, reaching out and getting help no matter what, whether it's Crossroads or one of the other organizations in the community, Diversus is here in El Paso County. Um, there's Health Solutions down in Pueblo. Really, it doesn't matter where you go. Everybody does a great job of trying to help. And like Alice said, anybody that comes into this field has a heart to help people. And so one of the things I would say is nobody needs to suffer alone. Anybody can recover from addiction or anybody could start a new life. Um, there's a saying that says, you know, you can't start, you can't go to the beginning and start over, but you could start now and create a new ending. And that's kind of like our motto is we're here, we're, we're here to help you progress. We're here to help you. And so are all the other agencies. There's just no reason to not ask for help. Yeah, I think a lot of people are unaware of all the resources that there are here in El Paso County. And so even if you know, you didn't want to come into withdrawal management and you just needed resources for something else, we'd be glad to help connect people with resources because we really want to see people improve their lives, whatever that looks like for that specific person and whatever they need. So um, we're always here for withdrawal management and outpatient services as well. But if you need resources to other places, reach out and we'd be glad to help. Well, thank you, Dr. Archuleta and Alice. I appreciate you taking the time today and for the work that you guys do here at Crossroads Turning Points. Thank you for having us. Thank you. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.